Welcome to It's a Good Life, the podcast for entrepreneurs, where it's all about growing yourself and your business. Here's your host, founder of America's largest business coaching company, Brian Buffini. Welcome to today's episode, The Importance of Struggle. By definition, struggle is to make strenuous efforts in the face of difficulties or opposition. Many people seek lives without struggle or difficulty, and that in itself will bring tremendous difficulty. Struggle is a great teacher, and when we're actually prepared for it, we can actually learn to enjoy it. So let's dive in. You know, I'm not a masochist. I don't particularly seek out struggle. I don't want my life to be harder than it is. The reason I have some of this gray on the rooftop here, if you're watching on a YouTube clip, is because I've certainly seen my side of the struggle world, and I do all the time. It's interesting, though, in the world we live in today. You really get to see it with kids. I think all of us would recognize that we've become the person we've become today because of the adversity we've faced and overcome. Our family's a sports family, and we're also a coaching family. My son, Alex, is really, it's his calling. He's just gifted at it. And uh, he's really made a commitment. Uh, He does volleyball and basketball at the high school, and then he's a club coach for volleyball. He actually was a college basketball and volleyball player and standout all around, and a real grinder himself. And so he was always the undersized guy playing in the position you were supposed to be the big guy. So he was a 6'1 guy playing a position to be helpful to be about 6'7". One of the dynamics for him is he loves mentoring kids. He's not a win-at-all-cost guy. It's just his calling. It's great to see. He wants to bring the kids along. He wants to help them prepare for life. He's the coach you will hope your kids play for. That's who that guy is. Yet lately, we've just had a lot of conversations about he's noticing the change in kids coming along and that the kids are more and more softer. They're more and more entitled. They're more and more like if there's a situation like where you get to put a kid on the bench, it is like the end of the world for the parents and the end of the world for the kid. And parents will act out extraordinarily because their little Johnny or their little Jane is on the bench. And Alex tries to share. You know, he was a guy that got benched and came back and came back all the way to play in a national championship final on a club team. He was a guy that got benched on his basketball team to go out and eventually set all kinds of records for the school he played for. And so the dynamic is in that struggle, there's so much there is to learn. There's so much gift. People look back in in history and go, that was actually the best thing that ever happened to me. But in the world we live in today, we know we've been made by the adversity we face, but many times we don't want our kids to face that adversity. And so when you live a life without adversity, that in itself, without that struggle, is going to lead somebody horribly unprepared for actual life, horribly unprepared for when the struggles are big and strong, they have nothing to fall back on. And so the easier we keep making things and the easier we're looking for things to be ourselves, the weaker we're actually becoming. Now, no one would intentionally make their kid weak. No one would ever make themselves weak. But when we go to extraordinary lengths to either avoid struggle or try to eliminate any aspect of struggle out of our lives, or what I've found in the Christian community, a lot of times people go, well, we set this goal. We believe God was inclining us to do this, but it's been such a struggle we just don't think that this is the Lord's blessing on us. And they're like, uh-huh, what, what are you talking about? You know, in the Christian tradition, we have a thing called Good Friday. You know, this podcast called It's a Good Life. What is Good Friday? The person that those of us who are Christians pray to had to die. 
that was the good Friday. Like in order for us to live, he had to die. The fact of the matter is, it is a good life. And the good life has a lot of struggle in it. And the struggle can ultimately be good for us. Imagine you racked up a bunch of credit card debt, okay? Maybe someone listening to this has done that. And so you made purchases. Maybe you bought things you couldn't afford. Maybe you got yourself into some trouble and you needed to bail yourself out. And you use credit cards to do it. So you've learned to use credit. You got these high payments. It's bugging you. And someone comes along and they've decided they're going to pay off all your credit cards. I'm just going to write a check to pay off all your credit cards. What, what do you think the person who had their cards paid off will do? I mean, what do you think their 99% and the, the stats have shown some of this stuff, especially with lottery winners. What do you think they're likely to do again? Get themselves into credit card debt. Why? Because they got the momentary relief, but they never had to pay and experience the struggle for the decisions they made. So their thinking hasn't changed. Their thinking process hasn't changed. Their decision-making process hasn't changed. And they keep making decisions to get them into debt. The fact of the matter is that was not a kindness at all. It's not a kindness to remove struggle out of somebody's life. It's, it's a kindness to help somebody, but it's not a kindness to remove somebody's struggle. I, I'll give you a great example. You guys know my story. Came to America, 92 bucks in a wallet. Get into a motorcycle accident. I owe hundreds of thousands of dollars. Dig my way out of the hole. My bride and I start with nothing. When we first get married, we grind it out. We pay for our own wedding. We buy our own little house. We were not in the best neighborhood. We moved to a better house and then a better house. We start Buffini and Company. We grind it out. We had to continue to struggle, make checks, and many times write personal checks to make payroll. But I'm also a, a dad and a husband and a homeschooling dad who was also a coach. And as I was traveling on the road all the time, I decided the only way that I can be husband and coach and dad the way I feel I'm supposed to be is I got to find a way to get home every night. And I got home most nights. And what I do? Bought a plane. And so for 17 years, I had one of three different Learjets, right? So that's a braggadocious flex, as the kids would talk about. But I want to tell you a little story. You know, my bride and I, when we first started budgeting, I heard Jim Rohn say, you need to live on 70% of what you earned. Well, at the time, we were spending 106% of what we earned. So we had to make cuts. And so if you're in credit card debt, I understand what that's like. And we went on the program, and we started paying off debts. And we got a few personal loans to start our business. We paid those off. We live within our means and we ground it down. And I tried to raise our income, maintain low expenses and ground it out and ground it out and then invested and ground it out and invested in the business and ground it out. So years later, we have just done a big convention at the Bellagio and Spagos, right? And my wife and I are not Spagos type people. That's kind of, we're not, we're a little more basic. But the general manager of the Bellagio says, Mr. Buffini, you've held numerous conferences here. We want you to come to opening night of Spago. So I decided, it turns out it was right around my bride's birthday. Okay, I'm going to go big time. And she's a simple woman, you know, simple, t- like, hey, we go to a movie, that's a great night out. But I said, hey, let's get dressed up and go to dinner, celebrate your birthday. Anyway, we drive to the airport, we get in our own Learjet, we fly to Vegas, we have a limo waiting us, we go to Spago. And by the way, one of the wild things about when you have money, you get everything for free. So here's this magnificent meal, we go for free, and then... We're going to go and watch Cirque du Soleil, I think, that night. So we got tickets, comp tickets for Cirque du Soleil, comp tickets for a great meal at Spago, and we have an hour in between dinner finishing and the show. So I go, okay, honey, we haven't done this in 30 years. I give her 100 bucks. I have 100 bucks. I go, let's go gamble. And we're going to go get the money and put it in a slot machine and have a bit of fun doing that. Now, I'm not against people having a, a punt, as they say in Ireland. 
But I want you to know this. My wife and I couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. Neither one of us, separately. We kind of went our separate ways and came back about 10 minutes later. Where are you? Where are you? We sat in the lobby and just people watched. Because watching people is fabulous in Vegas. And then we went to the show. Now, if there was a homeless guy on the street, I might hand him the 100 bucks. If there was a toy in the gift shop, I might buy 100 bucks for one of the kids. But we couldn't bring ourselves to throw the money into a slot machine because for both of us, we'd spent so many years struggling to pay off our debts, to get ahead, to invest, and to do well. I want you to know that the power of struggle is the blessing that stays with you and the power that stays with you. So first and foremost, what about struggle? I have three major points for you. First, we need it to grow. Second, it allows you to step out of your comfort zone. And third, it allows you to embrace the grind. Embrace the grind. So we need it to grow. The most powerful example we have in nature of personal transformation and growth is the caterpillar to the butterfly. And at the end of the day, you're listening to a podcast like this. There's a lot of entertaining stuff. There's a lot of comedy shows out there. There's lots of series and whodunits. But you've chosen to listen to this show probably because you like getting a little bit of juice. You might get a little insight. You might get a how-to or something or something that reminds you of something you were doing or used to do, but probably because you want to be successful. You want to change your status or state in life. So the caterpillar becoming a butterfly is the ultimate image we all have who are personal growth people, right? So you have this crinkly little caterpillar crawling on the ground that gets to be this magnificent butterfly. We have them here, the San Diego, the monarch butterflies, black and gold, and they're gorgeous, and they're big and majestic. People collect butterflies. There's butterfly houses and exhibits right here in the San Diego Zoo. People don't collect caterpillars. Imagine squishing a caterpillar in a book. It'd just be a big mess. So what is the dynamic of this and why is this so important? Well, struggle is all about how a caterpillar becomes a butterfly. It goes through the different stages. The caterpillar becomes a pupae, then it becomes a chrysalis before it becomes a butterfly. Each stage is a life and death struggle. Each phase, not all of the caterpillars make it to being a butterfly. The dynamic of the caterpillar turning into a pupae means it actually, its internal organs start to change, right? So this is a, it's an insect that crawls on the ground as opposed to something that flies. So its organs go through this change. Then it changes into this chrysalis. And this is where the, now the internal organs are formed. In the chrysalis, the external, the wings start to form. And in order to get out of the chrysalis, a butterfly actually has to push against the chrysalis. And the chrysalis will eventually fall off, and then there's like a little skin inside, and it pushes, and it pushes with its wings. And the the very nature of pushing, the struggle to get out of the chrysalis is exactly what a butterfly needs to fly. When we eliminate struggle from our loved one's lives, when we eliminate it from our kids' lives, when we try to avoid it at all costs in our own lives, it stops us from being transformed into the caterpillar to the butterfly. And it takes away the very thing we need to survive at the next level, to thrive at the next level. You got to go through the life and death struggle of a chrysalis to become a butterfly. That's the only way you learn how to fly. So we need it to grow. Entrepreneur Magazine did a research on this and they said, struggle positively affects long-term performance. It's called productive failure. Fumbling with the problem early on leads to a deeper understanding of the issue. Napoleon Hill The founder of American Personal Growth and Development with Think and Grow Rich said, strength and growth come only through continuous growth and struggle. Author Mandy Hale says, a season of loneliness and isolation is when a caterpillar gets its wings. And George Carlin, the great comedian, said, the caterpillar does all the work, but the butterfly gets all the publicity. And that's the truth. 
Everybody wants to change their circumstances, but very few people want to go through the struggle to change themselves. Oh my gosh. Jim Rohn said to me, become a millionaire for what it will make of you, Brian. I thought it would make me a guy who had money. I didn't understand it would make me a millionaire in my mindset. And that's what I had to learn. The struggle is crucial. If you're struggling right now, it's helping you. One of the great verses, consider it all joy when you face trials of various kinds. Knowing it's making you perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. The next thing about we needed to grow is a quote from my great friend Les Brown. He says, do what is easy and your life will be hard. Do what is hard and your life will be easy. Do what is easy, your life will be hard. Do what is hard, your life will be easy. Well, that makes sense with exercise. That makes sense with lead generation and marketing in sales. It looks like this in everything. And again, Les says, real growth happens in a place of discomfort. We have to do the hard things to get to easy street. And I I will tell you, that's the case with business. That's the case with health. That's the case with money. It's the case with marriage. Mitch Albaum, my good friend, uh, who wrote Tuesdays with Maury and runs that fabulous orphanage in Haiti called uh, Have Faith Haiti, if you ever want to check that website out. He said, sacrifice is a part of life. It's not something to regret. It's something to aspire to. And uh, former CEO of IBM, Ginny Romady, said, growth and comfort do not coexist. So it's part of the deal. The other dynamic is what I call you either diet soft or you diet hard. Like in the physical world, right, you eat fiber. You eat fiber so your bowel movements can be soft and regular. What is fiber? Fiber is harder foods. The cruciferous vegetables, the leafy green salads, the all the different veggies and all the different dynamics of that. Ultimately, that's what helps your internal digestion work better. When you eat the soft stuff, the cakes and the cookies and the breads, mm, that can make it difficult. If that's the case for our physical bodies, it's also the case for our emotional and mental lives. You're either going to have a hard diet or a soft diet. The diet I ask you to take is, um, hey, listening to podcasts like this, reading the books we recommend, being a growth person, taking training programs, getting a coach, having accountability partners, being part of a group and a network, doing those things. So you can be the caterpillar who turns into the butterfly. That's what you want to do. I'll kind of wrap it all up with a story. You know, my mom is obviously a great inspiration to me. She finishes off all of our podcasts. But I always thought, one thing I I didn't understand, you know, in in Ireland, the older generation, they didn't really spend a lot of time talking about themselves or hardships they had or whatever. You have to kind of dig it out of them. One day I'm sitting with my mom and she just made some soda bread. Now she loved to cook and cook for the family and whatever else. She makes this soda bread. So you sit down and in Irish tradition, you have a cup of tea, a little butter, and then marmalade, okay? So I'm sitting down there and she's eating this soda bread and she's like, oh, that's good. But she has this like satisfaction on her face. And I go, boy, you love that stuff. We always love soda bread. Why is that, ma'am? And I, this was like a couple of years ago. She told me the story that was about 80 years old. I said, well, uh, my dad loved soda bread. And she said, during the war, I'd be about 10 or 11 years old. Talking about World War II. Ireland was neutral, but Ireland, of course, was part of the war. We had 350,000 guys fighting in the British Army. And when Britain went into rationing of food, Ireland had to ration food. And my mother used to have to stand in line to get her father his soda bread. Because her mom was like, your father needs a soda bread when he comes home. And she would have a ticket, and sometimes it'd be an hour, sometimes it'd be four hours, standing in line to get soda bread for her dad. And then her dad would cut the heel and give it to her. 
And there she was eating the heel of the solder bread with this great expression on her face. And I said, I would have thought you hated solder bread. You're standing in line for hours and you did that as a little kid. And she said, no, that's why I love it. It was so hard to get. It was such a difficult thing to get that we really appreciated it. And I think that's the magic of struggle. It makes you appreciate everything. So we know the caterpillar becomes a butterfly. We can't just do what is easy. Our life will be hard. And then we either die it soft or we die it hard. The second dynamic of the struggle is, is it forces you to step out of your comfort zone. You have to. Struggle makes you step out of your comfort zone, no matter what you're struggling with. And I, I had this in my own life. Now, I'm going to share a positive thing. But let's say you're struggling with your weight. You're going to have to step out of your comfort zone. You might have to go to a gym. And there's a bunch of people that you don't feel great about yourself. Or you start eating really disciplined and you're out to eat with people and there's family and there's a party and there's a get together. What's wrong with you? Why won't you have a drink? Why don't you have a this? It's a struggle. Well, a, a positive struggle for me was when I fell in love with Beverly Robinson and I had to fly down to Georgia. And if you've ever seen the movie, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? Just to explain that my wife is African-American and I'm Lily White Lad from Dublin. And uh, I flew down to Georgia and I often tell this story at the seminars and you know, I'm there with her family. They bring me to church on Sunday. It was an African Methodist Episcopal church, thousand people in the church and one white guy. And the pastor says, do we have any visitors here today? And every head in the building turns. You know, I was out of my comfort zone. I was out of my comfort zone. But I was out of my comfort zone because the prize was so important. And the prize was, I wanted to ask this lady to marry me and become my wife. And thank God she did. Thank God I stepped out of my comfort zone. Thank God I wasn't scared. Thank God I stretched. And eventually what happens is, that comfort zone expands. Years later, when my father-in-law passed, in fact, it was 33 years to the day, and hard to believe that statement sounds like such a seminary statement. But I spoke at that church to do my father-in-law's eulogy. At the very church, I used to be terrified of it. In the very church that was out of my comfort zone, in the very church that was an uncomfortable experience, I has become so comfortable over the decades and so connected with the people and so connected with the experience. It's expanded me. So when you step out of your comfort zone, it expands you. Robert Kiyosaki says, the biggest trap, the biggest dungeon in life isn't laziness or bad luck, it's comfort. Brian Tracy said, the comfort zone is the greatest enemy of courage and confidence. And author Neil Donald Walsh said, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. So struggle forces you out of the comfort zone and great things happen in your life out of your comfort zone. And when you step out and when you actually have the courage to do it, then you get to keep them in your heart and they help you with the next struggle that's coming. The next struggle that's coming is probably bigger, bolder, but now you've done it. And once you've done it and you've achieved that, you get to keep it in your heart. Here's the next part is you got to have stretch goals. You got to stretch yourself with your goals. If you write out a goal and you know how to do it, how to pay for it and what's involved, that's called a to-do list. It's not called a goal. And the technical term is that we deal with when we get out of our comfort zone and stretch these goals is homeostasis. So homeostasis, by definition, is the tendency towards a relatively stable equilibrium between independent elements. I know that sounds very technical, but ultimately it's defined, especially as maintained by physiological processes. Those are the processes that we're used to, that we actually enter into with our physicality. We get stuck in our comfort zones. We get stuck in our routines. I always love Shawshank Redemption. People always mention on the interviews how they love Shawshank Redemption. One of the main characters, Brooks Hadlin, in prison for 54 years, he gets out, he can't handle it. He kills himself because he's homeostasis. He's out of his comfort zone and he wants to go back. He wants to commit a crime to go back into jail. Logically, that doesn't make any sense, but it makes all the sense in the world 
when many of us put ourselves back in the debt jail, in the bad relationship jail, in the overindulgence jail. So we have to have stretch goals. Jack Welch said, set stretch goals. Don't ever settle for mediocrity. Cosmetic pioneer uh, Mary Kay Ash, we all know her, said, a good goal is like a strenuous exercise. It makes you stretch. And Jim Rohn said, you cannot believe what it does to the human spirit to maximize your human potential and stretch yourself to the limit. The third element of how struggle helps you get out of your comfort zone is actually to step out, to step out intentionally, not get pushed out, but to step out. This is a big deal. You know, I love this. And, and sometimes, you know, when I'm mentoring young men, I, I'll see them right at the cusp and they've done all the hard work and I'm cheering them on and they've done the hard work and they've gone 80, 90 yards on the football field and they're standing there 10 yards from the goal line and it looks impossible and they're ready to give up and they get discouraged and they get depressed. And I've had to fight my own tendency, by the way, to do the last 10 yards for them. I've sometimes made the mistake of doing the last 10 yards for my own kids. Okay, I'm not above such things. But I've had to learn from them. I'm robbing them of the joy of becoming that butterfly. So we have to step out. And so Jack Canfield says, most everything you want is outside your comfort zone. Pastor Stephen Furtick said, Elevation Church there in North Carolina says, the faith to step out is worthless without the faithfulness to stick it out. You have the faith to step out. You got to have the faithfulness to stick it out. So we talked about guess who's coming to dinner. We talked about having those stretch goals and stepping out. And then lastly, I want to talk to you about embracing the grind. Embracing the grind. The struggle is the grind. Three elements of this. Your daily routine. It's the grind. Now, it's the grind until it becomes second nature. Whether it be lead generation stuff I'll talk about in a minute. My morning routine. You know, I had the cold shower this morning. Got off the wagon with cold showers. I got to tell you, I came in here invigorated, ready to go. So what's the daily routine? You've got to win the morning so you can win the day. And you win the day so you can win the week. You win the week so you can win the month. You win the month so you can win the year. So start by winning the morning. Tim Ferriss says, if you win the morning, you actually do win the day. John Maxwell said, the secret of your success is found in your daily routine. The next thing in the daily grind, lead generation. Are you doing the lead generation? You know, we, one of the aspects of lead generation we ask people to do is write personal notes to people. People love getting personal notes. I love getting personal notes. We produce seven and a half million of them a year. But what happens is after a while, it becomes a grind. And so people miss out. And then it's, here's what I'm not doing. And here's what I'm not doing. The bottom line is, if you want to step out of your comfort zone, if you want to grow, you have to do the daily grind. And for me, it was the number of calls I was making to my clients, the personal notes I was writing, and the Popeyes I did. Today, it's the the events I do, the promotion I do, the work I do with the board, whatever. And then lastly, embracing the grind is getting your house in order. Now, I did two specific episodes on getting your house in order. One was getting your financial house in order, and one was getting your business in order. So maybe the homework assignment here is to listen to those two episodes. They're episodes 117 and 123. So listen to those episodes and make that. Okay, I'm going to listen to a couple of extra episodes this week. Why? Because I want to get my house in order. I want to get my business in order because I'm going to embrace the grind. The truth of the matter is, you heard of the runner's high? When you embrace the grind, you eventually get to enjoy the grind. You do the grind and then the grind does you. And it's the making of you. I believe struggle is the making of us. It's the importance of it all. Don't try to live a life without it. Embrace it. We need struggle to grow, and we all want to grow. We have to step out of our comfort zone, and we have to embrace the grind. I hope this has been helpful for you. I was sharing from my heart today, sharing from practical experience. I'm a guy who struggled a lot, and I will struggle again in the future, as you will. But let's learn to embrace it. Let's learn to understand it. 
and let's learn to prepare ourselves to conquer and actually win with the next struggle we experience. Thanks, Brian. Here's to the struggle and here's to what we can learn from it. Appreciate the great content today, as always. I have some great news to share for anyone leading a team or curious about what it takes to lead a team. On September 7th and 8th, you'll have the chance to see Brian live on stage at our annual leadership conference in Austin, Texas. Go to itsagoodlife.com slash TLC to register. And we'll see you next time. May the road rise up to meet you. And may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. Oh, 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 oh,